look, if you want genius ideas, we're sitting right here. Hit us up. Sitting right here. Unemployed. We'll work for... We'll work for... Food? What's the word I'm looking for? We'll work for... Scale? Scale. <laughs> we'll work for scale. We'll work for food. We'll work for anything, to be honest. At this point, I'll work for a compliment. <laughs> Just tell me I did a good job. Oh, Dawson, look, there's your mom. Back to you, Bob. Welcome to Back to You, Baba Dawson's Creek Podcast. We're your hosts, Christina and Micah, and this is episode 220, Reunited, which originally aired on May 12th, 1999. Mother's Day, graduation, spring is sprung, May flowers. April showers, brought May flowers. We're doing it. We're here. College kids are graduating, high school kids are getting ready, grade school kids, I don't know what you're doing. I think it really is like the week of college graduations. I feel like mine was May 10th. Yes. Syracuse graduation is always Mother's Day, I think. So the second Sunday in May or whatever that is. There you go. Anyway, we're in May. We're doing it. We're here. I wish we were in May right now because it is pouring rain in LA. I'm freezing. I have the heat on. There's snow. It's awful. I have my cardigan sweater on. LA's flooding. It's water world. Yeah, you're going to actually just break off and float away into the ocean, I think. I was trying to explain this because I was on vacation this weekend, a ski trip, and I was on the lift with someone, you know, where are you from? Bye bye. I said LA. Bob brought up the rain and I said, I know people make fun of us, but like the city literally just cannot handle rain. Like the roads weren't built for it. Yeah. The drain, there's no drainage. There's the no drains. I was raised on the East Coast. I know how to drive in rain and snow and sleet, but it's just different here. I can't explain it. <laughs> It is different. And then you're coupling it with like a ton of people who never had to drive in rain. So they're bad at it. So it's like, even if you could navigate well through like puddles and hydroplaning, it's still, it's just awful. Yeah. And I hydroplaned a little bit on these coasts, but here I hydroplane almost like every time it rains. So I think it's something with like the road conditions. It's definitely poor drainage. Yeah. Like there is no drainage. And I don't know. Look, we're not scientists. Look, if there's an LA urban planner listening, we need more drainage. Thank you. But anyway, I wish it was May. It's not. I'm going to dive in to the recap. But first, what are we drinking? We are drinking a brunette. It is half part dry vermouth, half part red port, one dash of water, and one part scotch whiskey. I don't have port, so I'm not drinking that. I'm just drinking my own thing. But I would love to know what it's like if anybody has those ingredients laying around. Same. We're not doing the port. Okay. We're barely surviving here. We're getting, we're just getting by. We are just doing our best. Tell me what the episode's about. So let's find out why we're drinking a brunette. We open on everyone, Dawson, Joey, Pacey, Andy, Jack, and Jen, all the kids in Dawson's room, and they're watching a movie, and they pause to reflect on how they all got here. Pacey says they are a click. Jen and Joey think while things are okay now, it's been a long road for all of them to get here, and it's important to reflect on the hard times when you're in the good ones. Dawson agrees. They are not a click. Dawson just invited Pacey over, who invited Andy, who invited Jack. Joey invited herself, and Jen lives there now. Pacey says they all need to face the fact that they're basically the night of two no kids in the peach pit, and they all hit him with pillows and get in a huge pillow fight. So the big story of this episode is Andy and Pacey. Andy shocks him when she shows up to school as a brunette, and she is less than thrilled with his initial reaction. She storms off super stressed about school and sees a handsome guy in the hallway, and they share a smile. 
Later at her therapist, Andy discusses how she saw Abby Morgan in the last episode, which at this point is a month ago. Her therapist says it's very natural that Abby's death would bring up a lot of memories of grief from when Andy's brother Tim died three years ago. Andy's therapist said she might need to go back on her meds because this thing inside of her might not be healing properly. When Andy goes to her car after her therapist, the guy from school is waiting for her inside. They talk about their secret relationship and how no one can find out about it. Meanwhile, while Pacey and Andy are hanging out at her house, Andy sneaks down to the kitchen to talk to this guy, and Pacey overhears it and confronts them. He storms into the kitchen to find that Andy is alone and actually not talking to anyone. They get into this huge fight, and he asks her if she was talking to another guy on the phone. He says her mood swings have been really wild since Abby's death. He confronts Andy with an old photo album from three years ago with pictures of her and her brothers in it, where she has brown hair, the same hair she has now reverted to. When we get a glimpse of the photo album, we see that the person Andy has been talking to the whole episode is her dead brother, Tim. So it's Joey and Dawson's month anniversary, and she begs Dawson to take her out for once. It's Friday night, and she just wants to leave his room. He confesses that he actually planned a surprise for her and that they're going to go to a French restaurant where they run into Mitch and his date, Miss Kennedy, who you might remember trashed Dawson's film. And since the restaurant gave Mitch Dawson's reservation, they all have to end up sitting together, and it's super awkward. Dawson really lets Miss Kennedy have it, but Joey's able to convince Dawson to just let it go for the night so they could enjoy their one-month anniversary. Things get a little more complicated when Jen and Gail walk in. These two have been getting closer since Jen moved into the Learys, and they've bonded over the idea of that the people that they love don't necessarily love them back right now, Grams and Mitch, respectfully. So Gail says that she's been waiting for a sign to tell her whether or not she should take the Philadelphia job, and she thinks she's going to get that sign tonight. At the restaurant, Joey and Jen end up talking privately, and they decide to team up to play matchmaker for Mitch and Gail and ruin Mitch and Miss Kennedy's date. So Joey, who previously told Dawson to lay off Miss Kennedy for the sake of their evening, is now leaning into criticizing Miss Kennedy, and she really lets her have it. She baits her in an argument to make her look bad in front of Mitch. Jen, meanwhile, requests Mitch and Gail's song, and the two end up sharing a dance. Mitch tells Gail everything he's feeling about her moving to Philly, but he does it under the guise of speaking on Dawson's behalf. Gail really feels like she's made inroads with Mitch this night and later tells Jen that she got the sign she was looking for. She felt the spark again tonight, and she knows Mitch did too. But on the way out, Jen and Gail spot Mitch and Miss Kennedy kissing and canoodling by the docks, and this really upsets Gail. She runs off crying. Back at Andy's, Jack comes home and Pacey tells him all about Andy and how she was talking to someone named Brown. Jack is shocked. Andy overhears all this and she confesses that Brown was the name she had for her brother, Tim. When she was younger, she couldn't say Timothy, so she just called him by her favorite color. She says she's not like her mother. She ends up locking herself in the bathroom. And in a really emotional scene, Pacey pleads with Andy to open the door and choose him over Tim. And she does. Jack says they're going to need a lot of help with this and he might have to call their dad, who has the resources to help them. Jack is scared because this is exactly how it started with their mother. Andy tells Pacey she's really scared, and she's scared of what the future holds for her and for them. Pacey says he's scared too, but he's never going to let Andy go. She's never going to lose him, not now, not ever. They say that they love each other. And as a little button to the episode, Dawson and Joey talk about having sex, but she says she's not ready. And that is episode 220 reunited what a roller coaster andy's brunette now this is my favorite drink that this is my favorite drink to episode correlation we've ever had the brunette it's so good so andy's brunette off the rails 
Really good episode. Really emotional. Who wrote this episode? This episode was written by Greg Berlanti. No shock that it's excellent. He was last with us for the two-parter, To Be or Not To Be, and That Is The Question. And this episode was directed by Melanie Mayron. She's new to the series with this episode. She's still working. She has a fantastic career. Most recently, she directed five episodes of that show, Julia, on HBO Max. She has directed episodes of P-Valley, A Million Little Things, Grace and Frankie, Pretty Little Liars, tons and tons of stuff. The thing that stood out to me on her resume is she directed the 1995 movie, The Babysitter's Club, which I loved. I loved, I read every single book. That was like huge when I was growing up. And of course, Rachel Lee Cook was in that movie. All roads lead back to Dawson's. And Melanie will be with us for an episode next season. So this is not it. I think she did a great job. It was a really good episode. Very emotional. Yeah, she shaped a lot of lives with that Babysitter's Club film. Yes. Oh, that was like the per- it hit at the perfect time for me and my group of friends. Yeah, it comes up a lot, especially because they just did the series on Netflix. It's been back in the zeitgeist. So good. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks, Melanie. Greg, what a genius. What a freaking genius. It's crazy. I mean, really, I know we say it every time, but like, look these people up and look at their credits because Greg Berlanti on IMDb, it's like obviously by year and it caps it off at a certain point and you have to see more and his like see more. It's like 2022. Like he has so many credits in the last two years that it fills an entire page. He is yeah working on everything. All the shows on television are run by Greg Berlanti, Shonda Rhimes, Ryan Murphy, Chuck Lorre. I mean, honestly, he's like a big reason why I'm not working, but it's fine. <laughs> I still love him. <laughs> Because no one wants shows that aren't by these hit makers, yeah. which is fine. Because he brought us amazing episodes of television like Reunited. So good. So who's the guest cast shout out? Holla. I'm going to give the guest cast shout out this week to Rhoda Griffiths, who plays Dr. Marley Sumner, who is Andy's therapist. A legend. Honestly, I'm not even joking. So good. She is another one. She is booked. She is busy. She has 86 film credits including The Hunger Games, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, The Blind Side, Walk the Line. She has 70 TV credits, including most recently Ozark, Righteous Gemstones, Fear of the Walking Dead. She's incredible. I mean, she obviously is only with us a little bit in across a couple of episodes, but she's so good. She's so convincing. I felt like it was such a good, subtle performance. Agree. I think uh, therapist scenes are so hard. They're so overdone. You kind of cringe when you see them because you're just like, oh, let's get through this scene. But there's something about her. She she leans in. She plays the concerned therapist, but also the professional doctor. And it, it was very refreshing, I thought. It was a cute little scene. She gives Andy a card and says, call me anytime. She could sense that Andy's headed for a brick wall, I think. Yeah, she gave her her home number. <laughs> it's not like that usual therapist where they're just asking questions and letting the person come to realization she's like no you're having a crisis let me let me help you rhoda is everything she really she really played dr sumner for all she was worth we love that love her spin off get it get it off the ground i was just gonna say that (laughs) call greg maybe this is your way to show run (laughs) dr sumner's creek i mean how could you turn down that bitch (laughs) what about music moments i don't have an actual music moment for this one but i just wanted to like i don't have i don't have a song that like pulls on my heartstrings but 
in the cold open, there's that moment where they're pillow fighting, which we'll get into because I have a lot to say about that. But it goes on so long and it's just the sounds of the pillows and them being like, ah, <laughs> like it's like laughing, ADR, like kind of squeaky sounds and then pillows for so long. And as I watched it, I was like, this is begging for music. This is so awkward. So I went back and watched the original with the original music, which is not on Hulu, which is how I watch. And it used to have Paula Cole underneath the scene leading into the main title, which felt so much more appropriate. And now that it's dry without music, it is so awkward to me. It's so awkward. Yes. Yeah, so the theme song started while they were pillow fighting and then led into the opening credits. And now there's nothing. Yeah. Like they must have just looped the musical opening part of Paula Cole. And this song, the new Jan Arden song, just doesn't have the same qualities that it could be looped underneath. So it's just dry. It's, I mean, go back and watch it again, guys. It's really, really awkward to me. I will. I, cause I don't have any music moments this episode either. Nothing really stood out while I was watching. And then when I looked at the original track list, nothing really jumped out at me. So. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's a jam-packed episode in terms of like content. So there wasn't really room for music moments, I feel like. Yeah. And the music the last few episodes have been extensive and good. So probably costly as well. True, true. You have anything for past versus present? I do have something for past versus present. And it came to me while Jen and Joey were plotting in this French restaurant. Jen is at the bar sipping her Coke. And it's just these teens in these adult situations, like at these adult restaurants with this adult music playing. The show got a lot of flack for like these teenagers that talked like adults and no one talked like that. But I think that's that's something that I realized in this episode that I loved about it is that you're watching these kids. There's soft rock adult music playing like adults top 40. Like you wouldn't s- tune in a euphoria and hear Adele. Yeah. And there was just something about the way the show dealt with treating these kids as adults that I think is what really hooked me. I think a, a show that adults and kids could enjoy, and it was written for kids, but it was also written for adults. There's something about that. I think that a show like that would do really well right now. I think, too, when we were young, we wanted to be adults. Mm-hmm. Like, we thought, like, no, I'm mature and whatever. And to us or to me, that meant being an adult, where now kids are like, no, I'm mature and whatever, but I'm my own thing. Like, nobody's like, aspiring to be their parents not that i was aspiring to be my parents but i was aspiring to be like a grown-up like my parents yes. you know what i mean do the things do the things your parents were doing yeah and now i feel like like euphoria it's like they're not aspiring to go to work every day and whatever they're aspiring to figure out who they are but in a more mature way i don't know how to really articulate what i'm saying but does that make sense yeah there was something about the music the clothes the Kids in an adult world thing, which I found appealing pretty much because of what you're saying. And nowadays uh, on teen shows, they put forth a world that they think teens are living in that I'm not sure the average teen really is. Yeah. Like, I think more teens are probably going to restaurants like this than they are going to like euphoria (laughs) sex parties. But maybe I'm wrong. Let me know. All our teenagers sound (laughs) off in the comments. Yeah, I don't know. There was just... Imagine, imagine tuning into The Summer I Turned Pretty and hearing like Celine Dion. I mean, <laughs> a match. A match. Not with her frozen muscle syndrome. What's it called? <laughs> Stiff bones. What does Celine Dion have? Her disorder? I forget what it was called. Stiff 
face resting muscle syndrome, <laughs> something like that. Let's get her some residuals. Put her on every show. She's going through a medical crisis. Celine Dion on Euphoria. I'm sorry. Everyone would be talking about it. Everyone would be talking about it. Look, if you want genius ideas, we're sitting right here. Hit us up. Sitting right here. Unemployed. We'll work for... We'll work for... Food? What's the word I'm looking for? We'll work for... Scale? Scale. <laughs> we'll work for scale. We'll work for food. We'll work for anything, to be honest. At this point, I'll work for a compliment. <laughs> Just tell me I did a good job. <laughs> Just validate me. That's all we want at the end of the day. Well, let's crack this episode open let's open it up the pillow fight wow really wow have you ever had a pillow fight no have you ever had a pillow fight sure haven't <laughs> like sure have no i've never had a pillow fight also i i don't know what the pillow game was like at your house but i did not have all matching pillows it seems like dawson is just swimming in down pillows mine were like here's my one janky thin pillow and here's my one thick down pillow and it was probably just all my parents old pillows i don't know what was happening with the pillows but i had a bunch of random ones i had matching pillows but you did they weren't feather pillows i mean come on fancy <laughs> fancy <laughs> i just had two I, I just had two pillows i don't know how many i had i did have a pillow person do you remember those they had little legs and little arms uh, it was the happiest i ever was <laughs> with my pillow person so we're, we're talking about the scene the cold open where all six of them run the bed Yes. And they get mad at Pacey because he says they're a click and he he says, you know, they're they're right there on the cusp of being the 90210 kids at the Peach Pit. And of course, this is an inside joke because the season they moved to Wednesdays at eight to compete with 90210 and Luke Perry was back in 90210. It's all stuff we've talked about. So it's a little wink, wink, nod, nod. Pacey's comparing them to 90210. They're getting mad. They get into a huge pillow fight. There's feathers everywhere. Dawson dumps a bowl of popcorn on the bed, which is a weird choice because who's cleaning that up? Honestly, I cannot picture Dawson doing any housework. We did see him doing his laundry once, but I can't I can't imagine that he's cleaning it up. And Gail is busy. Who's cleaning it up? He might have been doing the laundry because he didn't want Gail doing his laundry because he's like addicted to porn and like all that. <laughs> True. I mean, it's, ca- it's canon. Goodwill it's humping. Goodwill humping. It's canon. He just didn't want Gail seeing his... Delicates. Dirty laundry. <laughs> so it's a disaster. Feathers everywhere. Popcorn everywhere. I think it's weird. It was a weird choice. The other thing I want to talk about, two of them have their shoes on, on the bed. Triggering. What's that about? Would you ever? No. No. I I am not a shoeless home. I am not. C- come into my house with your shoes on, no problem. But please do not get into my bed with your shoes on. Or your popcorn bowl. But Dawson <laughs> is the popcorn bowl. I mean, I'm not so upset. I'm not a big stickler for eating in bed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be like rolling around in your your kernel husks, whatever they're called. No one wants a kernely bed. <laughs> I loved this cold open because they are all together. And I feel like there's very little opportunity across the series for like all of them to be hanging out together in a like very non-confrontational, joyous way. This is the first opportunity, I think, that we've had up until now. And then, yeah, I love it. Joey and Jen aren't fighting. Jack and Dawson aren't fighting. Everyone's getting along. It's super cute. Fun fact, when I had a Twitter, my banner picture at the top of my Twitter was the six of them in bed from this episode. Super cute. Just a little fun fact about me. Jen's not trying to sleep with Dawson. Jen is staying with the Learys. Let's discuss. Jen lives there. 
And since we ran out of time last episode, we really did not go into depth about Graham's kicking Jen out of the house. So let's let's dive in. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm still not wholly convinced about the whole thing. Like, I feel like Graham's it was a little bit of a rash decision on Graham's part. And like, I wonder if Graham's called Gail and was like, you know, like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel to me like Graham's would be like, you're out of here and have no regard for where she's going. But also it doesn't feel to me like Graham's would want to put the onus on Gail to kind of scoop Jen up. Like, did Jen just go knock on their door and say, can I stay here? I don't know. I feel like Jen just crawled through the window and told Dawson. And <laughs> Dawson said, come and stay with me. And then Gail was like, oh, hey, Jen. And she's like, hey, I live here now. And Gail was like, cool. Gail was like, I need a female friend. <laughs> Gail was like, great, I'll make you dinner. We'll have some wine. Wait, how old are you? I see what you're saying about Graham's and it being like slightly out of character to kick her out of the house. But I think it was just the fact that it was built up over time. Jen lashing out at the funeral was so public. It was in God's house, quote unquote. Jen was showing no signs of growth in regard to respecting Graham's. She was actually regressing. And so I I, I see what you're saying, but I bought it. It went from just like them in the house to her completely disrespecting her in public in her sacred place. And I think what makes that scene from the last episode so effective is that you knew Jen was going there to apologize. And before she even can, Jen uh, is just kicked out, like thrown to the street. Graham's has had enough. She doesn't want to hear the apology. So it was really yeah. well done. We got this Mike White, Greg Berlanti. One-two punch. One-two punch. So she's living with the Learys, which is really, I think, a fun dynamic. Yeah, I love it. I think Gail and Jen are an iconic duo. Iconic duo. Love them. Love them. They're hanging out they're like just having couch time like they're good roommates i love it they're roommates <laughs> they're roommates of course they're having couch time they're roommates of course they're going to a french restaurant <laughs> they're roommates of course they're commiserating about how their ex-boyfriends hate them and grandma <laughs> gail's looking for a sign should i go to philly should i not go to philly and we are left with this ep- this episode we think gail is going to go to philly because she sees mitch canoodling with miss kennedy but it's complex because it's complex. It's layered. She starts the episode very unsure. Mm-hmm. And then we go through this entire parent trap situation. And you feel like, you know what? She might be staying. And then at the end, she's sucker punched with Mitch and Miss Kennedy on the docks. And you think we think she's gonna go. We think she's gonna go to Philly. Mitch really let Gail know how he was feeling by saying, you know, Dawson's gonna miss you. What's Dawson gonna do without you? Dawson's only ever known you. All of these things that he is feeling. Yeah, Dawson's not good about talking about his feelings, like making it very obvious that he's speaking about himself. Which Dawson is too good at talking about his feelings. And <laughs> then Mitch is canoodling. What an emotional roller coaster for Gail. Now, previously, I had thought that Mitch and Miss Kennedy had on-screen chemistry. And in this episode, I did not. I wanted to bring this up to you because... We talked many episodes ago when they were leaving the carnival about how they were going home to Bone. We were like, look at them. They're like a little bit electric. Right. It's so clear. But then in this episode, they're walking down the street and Miss Kennedy kisses Mitch and he's like really taken aback. And he made it sound like they had never even kissed before. Do you think that that's the case? I think it is the case. I think they kissed for the first time on the street in front of the French restaurant. However, maybe previously they had sex without kissing. Who knows? <laughs> We've all been there. Too intimate. Turn the cheek. Don't look me in the eye. <laughs> Get it done. Get the deed done. And no kissing. Maybe one of them had a cold. Mm. <laughs> you never know. 
you really don't. I do think they were kissing for the first time because he's saying, oh, I'm a teenager. I haven't done this in 20 years. I just, yeah, something about them getting into the car at the end of that one episode felt kind of illicit and naughty. Yeah. Dawson was seeing something he shouldn't see. But in this episode, boring. I, they just weren't. They didn't have it for me. No, hate it. Hate her. I know I'm supposed to, but she really, I don't know. Can't stand her, to be honest. Now, in this episode, she's trying to make inroads with Dawson because he is now the son of the person she's dating. So she's trying to walk back some of the things she said when she previously criticized his movie. And she's trying to be more supportive now by saying, you know, it's your first film. Not everyone's first films are good. There's other things you could do besides writing. And Dawson really does not want to hear it. But she's trying at least. Yeah, but do you know who else really doesn't want to hear it? Joey. Joey will not let her slide on anything. Where like Dawson is pushing back, but Joey's like, no, remember what you said? Remember the things that you said? Remember it? I love that for Joey. Dawson and Miss Kennedy are bickering. Joey calms them down. Let's have a good night. And then Joey and Jen conspire by the bar and decide to kind of reunite Mitch and Gail. And that is when Joey decides to lean into criticizing Miss Kennedy in front of Mitch. Mm-hmm. and make her look bad, cause tension. And Joey's protecting her man, as you would say. You got to rise up for your man. Also, Joey still has her zigzag part. She still has her zigzag part. She might have it since the funeral for the last 30 <laughs> the last days. Month. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what's going on with the Potter's water bill. Maybe she hasn't showered. We don't know. Speaking of hair, I am so impressed at both production and Meredith Monroe because they really dyed her hair. That is not a wig. I was wondering that. Love it. Because at some points I thought it was a wig and sometimes I thought it was real. And I was like, no, they wouldn't. I think they did. Now they would never. No, they would never. I think they did. And here's the thing. There are really good wigs. Like we spend so much money on wigs sometimes during production. And as someone who works in post-production, we encourage that because a really bad wig, we end up doing a ton of work on in the post-production process. But even still a good wig, it's still wiggy. And a 1999 wig was not a 2024 wig. Yeah. So they they dyed it. For sure. And so we love Meredith for that. She loves her crafts. We love her for that. Now, let's talk about the mix-up at the restaurant. Both Mitch and Dawson both made <sighs> reservations for 7 p.m. under Leary. And Mitch arrived first, so he got the table. And then they basically told Dawson, sorry, we're full. We don't have a table left. Yeah, which is a bullshit lie because they give one to Gail about a half hour later for being a star. A local celebrity. She's an anchor woman. For those of you who just are casually listening to us and not watching, she's a local <laughs> celebrity. She just won like some golden anchor award or some something that got her job in Philly for her piece on Teenage Girls. It was a mix-up. Have you ever worked in a restaurant? I have worked in many restaurants. And as someone who started out, I had to start out as a host because... You couldn't wait tables in New Jersey until you were 18 if they served liquor. So I was a hostess for the first like year and a half. And I could see how it could happen. You know, they call, they say, Leary, party of two, seven o'clock. Okay, great. Bing, bang, boom. The next person calls Leary, party of two. If somebody else took that initial call and you go, okay, great. You look in the book and it's already there. You think, oh, somebody already put it in. I could see how that could happen. Have you ever gotten yelled at? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. If I were Dawson, I probably would have gone a little care. And I, I think, come on. Oh, they should not be cramming four people into a two-person table, especially if they know they're going to have a table available. Like, 
as the host or hostess, it is your job to know kind of the status of every table in the restaurant, how soon you think they're going to be wrapping up. So if they knew that they were going to have a table available in 15 minutes or whenever Gail and Jen come in 30 minutes, they could say, I'm so sorry, I can seat you in 30 minutes and we'll comp your dessert. Yeah. Whatever. Not here. Let me cram you into this little corner with your dad and his Going girlfriend. on a date with my dad, a double date with my dad. I'd rather hurl myself into Gail's fireplace. I would be like, sir, give me a hundred dollar gift card. Leaving. I'm leaving. I'll be back. I'm going next back week. to my bed and eating popcorn and spilling it everywhere and watching <laughs> E.T. Okay. I'm going to go roll around in the feathers that are still on my bed. <laughs> the theme of this episode is kind of like what everyone's doing on a Friday night. So Pacey and Andy are at Andy's house. Andy needs to study. She's really stressed out. She's freaking out. It's a Friday, but she's studying. So the morning when Pacey first sees Andy and Jack, that's Friday morning at school? Yes. So Andy dyed her hair on a Thursday night. That is bold. What if you mess up? Why wouldn't you wait until Friday night? You have the whole weekend to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I've never dyed my hair. But now that you pointed out, I could see how that would be problematic. Yeah. I've dyed my hair tons. Box dye out the wazoo in high school. And I don't think I would ever... I mean, maybe I would. I'm reckless. I have a little bit of ADHD. I probably would just be hyperfixated and do it. But if you mess up, that is not, not a lot of room for error. And we know that Andy is not skipping school over her hair. Over anything. Look, she will go to school with schizophrenia. Nothing is holding her <laughs> back from going to AP Bio. Nothing. So do you remember walking into school after you got like a drastic cut or yeah some, oh my god it was the best feeling you just thought you were hot stuff oh yeah i used to have one of those like parted in the middle those big wings kind of like dawson sometimes those sure. like wings that go around your forehead those like wind tunnels my mom used to call them <laughs> like nick carter and like the i want it that way video yep. mm-hmm. and then one year one day towards the end of sophomore year i just got like that Kind of like the pacey cut, like spiked up in the front a little, you know, like because that was really big then. And I just remember the reactions. And this girl who like never talked to me was like, I love your hair. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I remember kind of the same thing in seventh grade when I went from glasses to contacts because I had glasses. Oh, forever. my God. What a huge change. Hottie coming through. Just kidding. <laughs> such a dork. Yeah, I remember the first time I got highlights in high school and people were like, whoa, whoa. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Did you have a quad? No. Cape said hi as a quad. Yeah. Did you? Cape said hi has a quad. No. Our school looked like a gothic y kind of castle situation. You pull <laughs> up, you walk through the door, you walk up all these stairs, and then you're just in it. And you can never leave campus. There was no like seniors go for lunch off campus. No. Like you're in. We had that. We had, that's all we had. Seniors could leave for lunch. And lunch was like 30 minutes long like where were you gonna go where are we going yeah there's a wendy's next door but we couldn't yeah we couldn't leave we had a bagel store about two blocks away so you could like walk to go get a bagel and come back for lunch oh yeah yeah like a bagel sandwich like a bacon egg and cheese salad for ketchup so andy not only dyed her hair this is a huge call forward i wanted to bring this up i wrote this down you talked about this in episode 201 and we didn't want to spoil it at the time, but you talked about how we learned so much about Andy and that little general store interaction with Pacey. She talked about having a knowledge of meds. She talked about having like a real knowledge of dyeing her hair. She was helping Pacey with his frosted tips. Huge call forward. Huge call forward. I really hope that they had like Andy's bio written out by the time she premiered and had all of that. God, genius. That's what I'm telling myself. Genius. Easter egg. Easter egg. 
Taylor Swift who? One of the things that struck me about this episode, from a production standpoint, I'm shocked, appalled, impressed, and amazed by how many extras are in this episode. The opening sequence after the cold open, uh, the Cape Side High quad, there are so many extras walking around in the background. The streets outside the French restaurant, so many extras. There's a horse cop, and they show him numerous times walking on that like super nice like cobblestone kind of main street that we always see. And then the French restaurant, there's so many people. And it's something, I don't know if it's because I work in production or have worked in production, that if there's not a believable amount of extras in a scene, it like throws me. And just the fact that they use so many was just so impressive. And there's a position on crew, uh, the set production assistant or the second AD, sometimes the second, second AD, depending on how big the shoot is that day. And their whole job is to wrangle background actors, cue them when to walk through the scene. And I was just very impressed with the amount of background actors they had in this episode because that couldn't have been easy to wrangle. And it's expensive. It's like really expensive to have extras, which is why a lot of times they don't fill out the scenes the way that they should be filled out. So kudos to them. They had that money. And it's expensive to get animals. Yeah, I did not notice a horse cop. Some people don't know that. Uh, uh, Ambulances. (laughs) Ambulances. Ambulances are expensive, actually. (laughs) Working animals, acting animals get paid very well. Better than a lot of crew members. (laughs) I swear. I don't know that much about animals. (laughs) Really? Oh, I've worked on shows where there's been birds or dogs. And there are companies that specialize in this. They have working actor animals. The producers like pick which animal they want and then the trainers come that day. Because they have to be very specially trained in order to for like safety, right? Yeah, and to, and to hit their cues and these treats and things like that. But the last show I was on, it had like a supernatural element. So there was like a raven or a hawk or like a black hawk or something like that. And yeah, the bird trainers had to show up. They had to get COVID tested. They had to fill out all their paperwork. And then the, the bird, they get paid and then the bird gets paid and I wonder what the bird spends its money on. I have a nice little perch. All right, let's talk about Tim. Let's talk about Tim. So do you remember watching this the first time around? And did you think that he was like a guy on the side? 1000%. I was like, Andy's having an affair. She's going through something. She can't talk to Pacey. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. It's so well done. And like that first scene where you just see him across the hallway and they're kind of like making weird eyes at each other. I was like, oh my God, who is this? Now watching it back, maybe this is my past first present, but like the car moment took me out of it a little bit where I was like, oh, like this is a little surreal kind of thing. Did you think that he was a a man on the side, a fire on the side? Absolutely. Okay. To your note, I would have had a little interaction in the hallway at school. I wouldn't have just had them longingly look at each other because then, yeah, in the car scene, even though I bought a hook, line and sinker, it was jarring that he was just in her car. But if you got yeah, the impression yeah. that they were interacting in the hallway, you would buy a little more that he would be waiting in her car. <laughs> he would be sitting in her car. Now it's like, am I watching like forensics files? Like why is True he in crime. her car? Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. That probably would help <laughs> Life me. Life tip. If there's someone waiting in your car, don't get in. <laughs> Run. You're so, oh my God, she has a sob. Her cute little sob. She does have a sob. Love a sob. Love how bougie she is. Just her and her little sob. Sobs are such waspy, like late 90s, early 2000s. I feel like so many kids I knew drove, like their parents hand me down sobs. Love a sob with that like light brown leather interior. 
But sobs really remind me of driving around LA, early times driving around LA because my roommate in LA had a sob and I would make him drive everywhere and we would listen to Taylor Swift. Wow. Yeah. I see. I just got into Taylor like five, six years ago, but you were an OG fan. I mean, yeah, but I would just put in like the same four songs. Like it wasn't, I wasn't listening to the albums back then. I hate to say it, but I hopped on when, when Kanye did the, I'm gonna let you finish. That was a long time ago. Oh, so this was post-sob. Pre-sob? <laughs> we, were at the, we were at the same time. We were at the same time. I I just, I was like, oh, I need to listen to this next album. She's going to sing about Kanye. And then I just got hooked. How could you not? Now America's hooked. We were there first. Joey and Jen team up. And it is so cute to see them as friends. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the fighting is kind of over. I mean, they might have a little incident here and there but as far as plot lines go jen has bigger fish to fry she's over dawson for now that was the thing kind of rubbing between them joey's over it jen's over it the air's been cleared we love that with that said i thought fo- i found an instagram account that posts a lot of like 90210 melrose place dynasty days of our lives and i will say i really miss hour-long dramas that were about women fighting over men <laughs> just this one melrose place clip jane opens the door to joe jane just clocks joe in the face and they're fighting over they're fighting over jake or somebody and oh these these clips i'm just like this will never happen again this will never happen again because we can't do shows where women are fighting over men but we should and then there should be men fighting over women and everyone should just be hot and just hitting each other (laughs) over I just miss a good love triangle, you know? I think it's a, this is a symptom of like everything being a pendulum. And for so long, that was the thing. It was like, women hate each other because all women love men. And this is the way that it's going to be. And then it swung and people were like, whoa, this is not real life. And then it swung to like, why are we fighting over men? Like, this is crazy. Let's go be best friends and get our nails done together. And I feel like we're going to come back to that happy medium where like, Women are fighting over men. Women are fighting over women. Men are fighting over women. Men are fighting over men. Everybody's fighting over everybody and everybody's happy. And it has nothing to do with feminism. It's just the way the world works. Yeah. You could be a feminist and still punch a woman in the face over your man. Yeah. Stand up for (laughs) your man. I miss, I would much rather watch a show about people physically fighting each other for love than like a family of media moguls. (laughs) Succession. I would much rather watch a cat fight than one of the best shows on television. I honestly would. And he skews soapy. Hashtag branded. Hashtag skews soapy. <laughs> I just, but it is fun to see them team up. But yes, I think the reason it. it is fun to see them team up and the reason it's so effective is because they hated each other. For, you know, there was, there was so much bickering for so long. So this is so refreshing. And it's nice because while they hated each other, we still had those nice moments. Like you could see the potential in their friendship. There were these like little glimpses of like, oh, I bet they would be really good friends, but they always had the Dawson like yeah. clouding them. So it's nice. It's really nice. I agree. Do you think Tim is cute? I seem to remember the photo of Tim that we saw at the beginning of the season being yeah, very different than this Tim. Yes. Because he was like an all-American jock. That's how they described him. He was like the golden boy and then the parents lost him and they both Though both the parents were never really quite the same because Jack wasn't the golden boy. Jack was always trying to live up to Tim's shadow. But, I mean, Jack's the hotter one now. Sorry. This Tim reminds me of like a skinny skater boy kind of vibe more than 
an all-american jock yeah he's a little josh from clueless but josh from clueless is so cute oh yeah 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 now at the time i don't know if i thought he was cute but he has sure 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 he's the flannel that's open the hair that's not really a style it's just kind of wild untamed you know he is what he is but you know who's cuter pacey We've talked about this. You talked about it last week. Pacey is really hit his cuteness stride for me. Like he's looking a little more for like sure. a man now, less like a toddler, which he was feeling like in the first season. Yeah. And I just think he's so cute. He's starting to like cross over into that hot threshold for me. Not quite yet because he's still very young, but so cute and so good with Andy. Yeah. He's so good with Andy in this episode. It's amazing how the writing for Pacey holds true today. None of the heroic stuff comes across as patronizing or misogynistic. And, and that's hard to pull off yeah. in the scope of 25 years. A lot of the stuff you watch now, it's very cringy. It doesn't age well. It doesn't hold up because it's a hero complex and it's insulting to women almost. But mm -hmm. the way the writing holds up for Pacey, the way the character holds up is actually quite impressive, I must say. It is. He's like fully supporting her. He's not like worried I don't know how to, I mean, he's worried about her, but he's not like, oh man, my girlfriend's crazy. Like Dawson would be like, well, Andy, you got to figure it out. If you want to go with Tim, <laughs> we've talked about, he is not the man for a crisis, but. It's almost like he, he knows she could solve it, but he's going to like give her the tools to solve it. He's not going to solve it for her. Totally. And the scene where she's locked in the bathroom, she breaks a mirror. They don't know what she's doing. Jack and Pacey don't know what she's doing in there. They're worried. She's crying. Pacey's telling Andy to choose him over Tim. Tim is there telling Andy to choose him over Pacey. It's like she's tortured. She's crying. And she opens the door and chooses Pacey. So cute. And Jack says he's going to call their dad. He's going to call their dad. We have not seen the last of him. No, we have not. Andy says she's not crazy like her mother. But Jack says this is exactly how it started with their mother. And he's very worried. Yeah. It's concerning. She's having a menti bee. Yeah. Can you imagine? Your boyfriend's outside the door. Your most cherished loved one that's no. passed away is in there with you in your mind. Both of them begging to choose. I mean, genuinely can't. What would you do? Let us know in the comments. Sound off in the comments. Choose <laughs> your deceased loved one or your 16 year old boyfriend. I have had dreams where like very near and dear deceased loved ones have come to me and I've woken up full tears streaming down my face. So if I thought for real that that person was in front of me, I don't know. What a tortured existence. I remember when Beautiful Mind came out oh. <laughs> at the end, when like the whole cast of characters that he talked to the whole movie were in his head. That blew my mind. I was like, anyone that I talk to could be a figment of my imagination. You hear these stories about these people going on these drug trips or like being in a coma and they have this entire existence. There was this guy who said that he took, I forget, like salvia or one of those weird drugs that you can like legally buy in like a store or anywhere. And he he thought he lived like 15 years in this two minutes that he was like blacked out on salvia. And he woke up and he was like, wait, what? He had a whole life. He could tell you his whole life that he lived in Tyler, Texas. This is so weird. And you'll find out during my what you're watching that you're bringing this up. Oh. How long was he in a coma for? No, this particular guy was on like on a trip from drugs and it was like minutes oh okay so i thought he had a bad reaction to the drug was in a coma for a few days woke up lived a whole life no, so no, he no. was just lived a whole life during his trip yes that actually sounds nice honestly 
It's like a vacation. It's like a 15 year vacation. You have two lives. Actually, that sounds terrible. (laughs) Awful. One is enough. enough. Jinx. (sighs) No, we're in our dark era. (laughs) People are going to be worried about us. Don't be worried about us. Don't be worried about us. Just like on an airplane. If you see me crying on the streets, I'm fine. I'll let you know if I need help. (laughs) I flew this weekend and did not cry at all. And I want props. If I were you, I would have been crying on the chairlift, surrounded by nature, crisp, clean air. Oh, I cried. Yeah, I cried. I cried on the top of the mountain, but I didn't (laughs) cry in the plane. I didn't cry in the plane. I cried scenery now. Well, it's still altitude, so. I wasn't crying on the plane and I was reading a book about grief. Wow. Yeah. Kudos. Anyway. Growth. Growth. (laughs) Small (laughs) steps, baby steps. That's all I have. Great That's all I have, too. I'm excited to see what happens me too this episode really shook things up oh my god we didn't even talk about dawson and joey their sex talk on the boat dawson and joey are in the rowboat which like why they rode to town who knows they're rowing back to dawson's house and they talked about possibly having sex and joey's like i'm not ready yeah she shut it down and dawson like kind of wants to do it he's like oh this double day with my dad got me really in the mood joey tells him that she She's not ready, but she she's think she thought about it. She's thought about it. And he's like, you like thought about it, thought about it, or you like thought about it? And she's like, oh, I thought about it, thought about it. And he's like, yeah. So they're in the rowboat and she's like laying. It's like they're on the, the flume at Disneyland. She's like in his lap. Yeah. And sex is, it's it's right there. Do you think Dawson and Joe are going to have sex? Let us know. If I mean, if you're watching for the first time, obviously, if you've watched, you know. She's thinking about it. I've been getting really into like the universe, the universe giving me signs, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm crazy. I'm having my TB like Andy. (laughs) But I watched this episode, right? The name of the French restaurant is Entree New, Mm -hmm. which means between us in French. And then that night after I watched the episode, I sit down to watch The Holdovers, which is a movie that just came out in 2023. It's up for Oscar contention. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti's nominated. And they talk about Entree New in the movie. How weird is that? That is weird. How weird is that? That means you're on the right path. Isn't that so weird? I mean, that's weird. That is weird. The same day. I never would have clocked it watching the movie if I had not watched Dawson's Creek. It's a sign. Maybe that I should like take up French again or something. Maybe I should go to France. There you go. JK, don't have money. Maybe Greg Berlanti will pay for you to go to France so you can research your Rhoda Griffiths spinoff. Spinoff. Dr. Sumnas. Well, that's a full circle moment if I've ever heard one. Shall we do a Dawson's draft? Let's do a Dawson's draft. This episode, we are doing best HBO shows. Yes. It's not TV. It's HBO. It's the best network. Let's be honest. They have the best shows. So we thought it would be a really good category because I've recently dived into one that I've never seen, The Leftovers. And... So they have good. so many shows. I mean, we could do a top 10, but we're not going to. But they have so many shows. So good. Such high quality. Even the shows that only last a season. Like, I tend to try to watch new HBO shows. Not so much anymore because there's so many. There's so much content that, like, I can't keep up. But when there used to be a new HBO show, I was like, I have to watch it. Because even if it's only one season, it's going to be amazing. And, like, The Brink with Tim Robbins and Jack Black. And then Here and Now with Tim Robbins. And that was, like, a huge ensemble cast. So good you know, for whatever reason, don't get traction or don't have legs or for whatever reason, they decide to cancel them after one season. But both of them, I thought they were so good. Thank you for bringing that up. I will add that to my list. Yeah. Well, I believe I start. You do. 
So for my first pick, I'm going to go with Sex in the City. It just I watch it all the time. I rewatch it all the time. It's so easy to get through. Really was just such an iconic show. It came out right at that uh, I was in high school and I've seen every movie opening night and I'm hooked on the spinoff, even though it's not as good. And it's just it's one of those shows that it shaped me in my formative years. And I was trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life and my career? And it it was a very influential show for me. So good. I haven't done a rewatch of that in like the last decade. I've watched episodes here and there, but I used to watch that all the time on repeat. I had all the DVDs. So good. Good pick. I'm going to take The Sopranos. It's just so good. I mean, as someone who grew up in New Jersey, it hits close to home. But also, I just think it's such a well-done series. It's emotional. It's fun. It's just so good. Love it. I would really like to rewatch that because I watched it and I loved it. But it was more my brother and my parents show. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of watched it because we were all together on Sunday night. But I was so young and I think that I probably didn't pick up on a lot and I would appreciate it so much more now. I also think my sensibilities have changed. And also I watched it same like with my parents from time to time. And it was really, there were really awkward. There's a lot of sex in that show and there's like a strip club. And it was like a little bit of me like being mindful of that while watching with my parents. So we did a rewatch during COVID and it was really good. Would recommend. That's a good segue into my number two, which is Six Feet Under. So my family their show is like sopranos and mine was always six feet under and they didn't really watch that so that was like my hbo show because i felt like they had theirs and six feet under it's alan ball's series edited after american beauty and he was one of my favorite writers at the time and that also holds up i watch it a lot it's come up on our dawson's drafts before like music moment and things and uh i really love it it's really good I've watched the first few seasons but i never finished it so i need to go back and just do a whole a whole watch. All right. This is controversial, but I'm going to take it because I don't want you to take it. <laughs> I'm going to take Succession, even though I'm only in season three. It's so good. Maybe it'll fall off. Who knows? But it's so well done. We talk about it all the time, how like it's like mergers and acquisitions and all these things that I don't really understand. And I still care so much. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's like the drama is good. The comedy is good. Everything is good. It's great. It really is like an hour-long comedy. There's there's a lot of funny moments. I love Succession. I felt like they really landed the plane. And it's not it's not easy to end a series where I feel like you don't get a lot of criticism, you know? Totally. A, a, a popular series, so many people watch it, so many people have opinions. But I think they did it. You'll find out. My number three is a series. I think it's one of the funniest series of all time. And it's The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow. Mm. Only two seasons, multiple years apart, very well done, very funny, cannot recommend it enough. The second season was kind of recent, right? Like within the last five years, 10 years, maybe COVID. Five, six. Yeah. Uh, It's a series too that sometimes when I bring up to people, like they've never seen it or heard of it. So it's one of those shows that's not, I think people know it, but a lot of people also don't. So if you never have, I mean, it is hysterical. I'm literally putting it on my list right now. I want to watch that. All right, I'm going to take what would really be my number two if I didn't take Succession so you wouldn't take it. I'm going to take The Leftovers, which I know you're watching now. I love that show. I think it's so well done. I think it's probably not for everybody because it is from Damon Lindelof. So it's like, a, you know, that lost vibe where you don't have all the answers or all of the information at any given time. So like you're kind of just having to watch it, not really knowing at all times what's happening. 
but I love that. I think it's awesome. I think the acting is so good. I think the premise is really interesting and something I had never seen before. And I just love it. I think it's so good. Yeah, I started it based on your recommendation because it's come up on a few Dawson's drafts and I've been looking for shows and I'm about five episodes in. The cast is unreal. Like, the cast there's is so good. people popping up in every episode and I'm like, Liv Tyler, Aunt Lydia from Handmaids. And Dowd, Emmy winner. There's, it, the cast is really, really great. And I so had no good. idea. I also thought it was a show about a cult that believed in the rapture. I didn't know it was a show about an actual rapture. As far as I know right now, a rapture has happened. So that's that was a big shock to me. My number one, two, three, four is Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's back. We're two episodes, three episodes now into season 12 and never fails to make me laugh. Truly. I need to watch it. I've never watched Curb. I don't think I've ever seen an episode. It's a quick, quick watch. Maybe after they finish it this season, I'll do a binge. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is supposedly the final season. What's your number four? I think I'm going to take, I'm going to go in the same vein and take Veep, which I loved. It's so many improvisers that I knew and loved from my time watching improv in LA. It's just so funny and so well done. And it's kind of in the same vein as succession like i don't understand what they're talking about half the time because i'm not like an i don't understand the inner workings of politics the way that they talk about them but a great show yeah super popular i love her great cast another one with a great cast my number five is girls makes me laugh makes me cry really grounded really funny came out at the right time kind of about a group of girls in new york city they marketed as like the anti-sex in the city, just four girls, not mm. successful, not successful in love or or their careers, just trying to figure it out. No glamour, no glitz and super relatable and enjoyable. And I rewatch it also a lot. That's another one I should watch. It's so funny. Evans. Our lists are so like you're taking the best of the shows that I haven't watched and I'm taking the shows that you haven't watched. All right. I think I'm going to take Boardwalk Empire because... It's a show that I liked the whole way through. I always was into it. I thought it was really well done. The acting is incredible. And again, as someone from New Jersey, it's about Atlantic City and kind of all of that stuff. I think it's a great show and I would recommend it. Part of me wanted to take Game of Thrones, but I really hated the last season of Game of Thrones. It was a huge disappointment to me. So I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah. And uh, Michael Pitt, I've never seen Boardwalk Empire. Ugh. Michael Pitt, all roads lead back to Dawson's. So for those who don't know, he plays a major character in season three, which, you know, we're only a few episodes away. So we'll we'll get there when we get there, but we will bring it up, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll get a guest cast shout out at some point. I've never seen Boardwalk Empire, but I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I will. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's very specific. If you're not looking for a period piece or like it has to scratch an itch, I think it's one of those that I started to watch maybe because my family was watching it. And I was like, oh, I should give this a try. And then I really got into it. But honorable mention, would love to pick White Lotus. But like you say, can't yet. It's still young. It's still doing its thing. I thought the first two seasons were spectacular, but it's it's still going. It's not over. Can't say it. The Jinx. The Jinx is kind of a out of left field thing. It's a docuseries. It's not the normal HBO show, but I made, I watched that and then I made like seven people watch it and I watched it with them because I thought it was so good. I think I was one of them. Yeah, probably. It's just such a great series. I think it's so good. So good. 
Yeah, why we've talked about White Lotus a lot with the Mike White of it all. So I, I mean, I just wanted to talk about new things. Keep it fresh. That's what we do. Keep it fresh with twenty-year-old shows. That's what we do. I was, gonna, I was <laughs> gonna say that with thirty-year-old shows, we're keeping it fresh. We're keeping it fresh. All right. So what you watching? I am. We talked about it briefly this episode, but I'm watching Euphoria for the first time. First time mm-hmm. ever. I'm like four episodes in. It's really good so far. It's not what I thought it was. I thought it was going to be more like sex, 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 drugs, 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 which it is, but it's more grounded than I expected it to be. There's more meat to it than you thought. Yeah. Yeah. And the acting is so good. I know that people are telling me that their acting only gets displayed more as it goes. And I haven't even gotten to that yet, but it's really good. And then I'm also watching Dave on FX, which I think is so funny. Such a quick watch, like would 100% recommend it. I watched season one and I've been hearing really good things about Dave recently. So maybe I'll, you know, sometimes I fall out of shows, but it's not really the show's fault. It's just what I'm kind of going through if I don't yeah. have the time for it, or if I don't have the, but I really maybe should try to hop back into season two. What about you? I'm watching. So we talked earlier about how a lot of executives now in the industry, they hate you with hook, 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 hook on a hook. First episode, tell you everything, which I don't love. I would say one of the more recent shows that has not done that is Severance on Apple TV, which is a great show. But it's funny because I started two series this week that are the complete opposite. Like you have no answers. You don't know what's going on. You really have to be like in it for the long haul to get your answers and the payoffs. I started The Leftovers, as we've discussed. Mm -hmm. No, I have no idea what's going on in this show. Like not (laughs) the slightest bit. A lot of dreams and surrealism I, symbolism I, I haven't pieced together any of it yet mm-hmm. so that's obviously one i'm in it for the long haul it's three seasons i think it's like 40 mm-hmm. episodes or whatever and i also this weekend started wayward pines oh which i know is like a real weird left field choice yeah i was downloading things for the plane and it was one of these things that popped up on hulu as like downloadable and a lot of stuff isn't and I was like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. I like a Shannon Sossaman moment. And I'm two episodes in. I have no idea what's going on on this show. <laughs> but like, let's find out. But the, the, what made me think of it earlier was when you said that guy was on his drug trip and lived a whole life in that few minutes because he goes to this town, Matt Dillon, he goes to this town, he gets no car accident, he wakes up and he finds people, he finds the person he's been looking for and she's been there she's been in the town for 12 years but to him she's only been gone a few months and then he runs into Juliette Lewis who's like yeah I came here to help the computers get them adapted to Y2K and you know I'm about to have my one year anniversary here and he's like you came here in 1999 she says yes and he's like it's 2014 you've been here for 15 years so there's like a lot of that like time is huh so it's so weird you brought that up I literally just finished episode two like right before this Sounds super interesting. I have no idea what's going on in that show. It's a little Twin Peaksy. It's a little everything's super exaggerated, and but I, I'm very into it. I don't know why. I watched this. Just goes to show you. I watched the pilot of Wayward Pines, and at the time, like 2014, and I was not into it. But now I'm like, oh. there was so much good TV on then, and now I feel like there's no good TV. So now I'm like desperate for. That's why I'm watching all old stuff. That's it. What are we gonna drink next week? Next week. For episode 221, changes we will be drinking the Farewell Fizz. It is a take on the French 75. You will need gin, simple syrup, lemon juice, and champagne. Delightful. Oh, that's 
You know, I'm in my gin era, so mm. I just discovered gin. <laughs> well, I'm so excited because next week's episode is also great. We're just in a we're just in a really good period. End of season two is top tier. Everything's popping, working on all cylinders. All right, so that's it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.